Hey, Nick. Omen. So, we have some news. This is groundbreaking. I alluded to this on the Instagram last week as of recording. We are starting a Patreon. What? Or, or more accurately, we have started a Patreon. Nick, that is super exciting. You know, that's something that we talked about in in ages past, and we were like, oh, well, it doesn't really make sense. And now it does. I think it does make sense, yeah. It is patreon.com forward slash talk tall to me, as you would expect. Easy to remember, yeah. We currently have two membership levels. And Nick, I have looked at some Patreons that are out there. And I want to just observe that our Patreon is by far one of the least expensive Patreons that exist. Just you wait, Omen. <laughs> so we currently have two levels. We have for $1 a month, you can give us some love and gain access to patron-only posts and messages and the occasional poll that we might do. That's right. And we are opening a suggestion box that you will be able to communicate with us in terms of providing suggestions to further tiers, further benefits for for Patreons, things along those lines. Other feckless content that you might want to see and more probably here. More accurately here. Who knows? We could do a video component if we get enough subscribers. Who knows? And then on top of that, if you want to do five bucks a month, you get all of that plus access to Outtake Tull to Me and Talk Tull with Me. You may be asking yourself, you may be screaming into the darkness, <laughs> why? Because we are ostensibly doing three podcasts now yeah. instead of the one. So we thought we've got enough fans We've put in enough time that we have enough content now that we can offer that as bonus content, as paid bonus content. That's right. And you know, Nick, the fact that it's three different discrete segments makes it more work for for me, but in a more realistic and more accurate way, more work for you because you are <laughs> yes. the one who does all of the editing and hosting and releasing of this content. Yes, it is more work for me. And five bucks a month is a drop in the bucket to pay for the the hosting and the time that it takes. So I would just like to see if we can get some love and some appreciation. It'll also give us the flexibility that if we hit certain financial goals, and we can talk about more of this in the suggestion box option. That's right. But if we hit more a certain goal, we might be able to release some fun Factless Moms swag. Oh my goodness. And how much more satisfying would it be to listen to Talk Tall to me while wearing a Talk Tull to Me codpiece. Just the codpiece. Nothing else. So that's the big news. Thank you for your future support. Thank you for your continued support. And one thing that I want to make clear that won't ever change, Nick, is that the the core podcast that we started with, Talk Tall to Me, will and forever be a free content nugget. That is absolutely true. Access to Outtake Tull to Me and Talk Tull with Me will start in Patreon starting in April. I just want to mention a very quick and grateful shout out to the artist, also a fan listener. Thank you, Nick, in Alaska. Wait a minute. Nick, is this a different Nick to the, to the one that you are? 
this is in fact a different Nick. He spells his name N I C K. The oh. tra- the traditional Nick. He is Maroon Beard, who left us a review. He is also Creepworks. What? Which, yep, you can find a couple of links to Creepworks in the info on the Patreon page. But he has amazingly and graciously agreed to let us use his skeleton Ian Anderson playing the flute that he has he has drawn up. Which, if you haven't seen, you probably have by now. But also, if you yeah. haven't checked out his work, go check it out. He's an incredible artist, very cool aesthetic. Yeah. And buy $1 million worth of his merchandise. Please. So that's that's it. That's Patreon. Thank you. This was not as smooth of a of a reveal as I would have liked it to be. But but yeah, we, we started a Patreon. Thank you so much for joining us. And we love you, our sweet, sweet listeners. Robustos and Claros. Wrap yourself in a cedar wood sheath. Breathe in the moisture of your humidor and smolder at a temperature between 580 and 875 degrees Celsius. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Did you see the ship? Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. I thought it was an ostrich. I'm working on it, Nick. Okay. I'm no, I'm no Gandalf. <laughs> Well, you'll never be Gandalf. Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A luxurious puff from the hand-rolled stogie that is the music of seminal prog rock band Jethro Tull. Grown in the shady fields of Blackpool, cured in the tobacco shed of London, and distributed to aficionados far and wide... The robust and nuanced flavor of Jethro Tull has pleased the palate for over 50 years. Now a new generation will take Tull between our lips, light it with the flame of friendship, and promptly be kicked out of doors by our wives who keep shouting, No smoking Tull in the house! Yes, song by song, from the first sparks of this was to the bitter, soggy end of JTull.com, Nick and I, against our mother's warnings, are smoking the genius of Ian Anderson all the way down to the label. Ian Anderson is a gateway drug. I mean, let's be clear. That is very true. (laughs) So, Nick, before we dive into our very exciting song this week, I believe we have a little bit of business to attend to, do we not? Goodness me, that we do. It's been a while. Nick, what are you drinking? I am drinking a lovely fruity number here. Not surprising. No one's surprised. It is Bar Hill's Gin. Bar Hill is a a distiller and apiary in Vermont, and they make vodka and gin out of the honey from their, their bees. That sounds like the sort of thing people do in Vermont. That's the sort of thing I would go for, yeah. Let's see. I've got a slurry of fresh watermelon and grapefruit and topped it off with some fizzy lime seltzer and uh wow. and it is a refreshing beverage on this frigid february evening oh well that sounds delicious mm. yeah no it's good what about you woman what do you got nick i am drinking a spot of rum it is appleton estate eight year reserve from barbados oh and i have it in a glass here 
Mm. Smell it, sniff it, touch it. <sighs> it's got, and I put a little drop of bitters in it and a slice of fresh ginger. Ooh, I'm try ooh, it ooh. for the first time. <gasps> this is terrible. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually quite good. I actually, um, this is some rums I quite like by themselves. This is one that I have struggled to drink straight. Mm. Um, but I find that drinking it bisexually uh, greatly improves the flavor. <laughs> couldn't even couldn't even get through that one. But I find that drinking it with a bit of bitters and this um, and this ginger has greatly improved the experience. Wow, that's that is mm. a that's a delight. That's so that takes delight. care of what we are drinking. Nick, anything else before we jump into our song? Well, I think we've got a couple of. Beats and pieces. Beats? I think we've got a couple of bits and pieces here from Mary. Mary and Marley. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mar- Mary, um, what's all the what's all the blood? Oh Ah, it was just slaughtering the goat for Easter. Oh the better early for that, isn't it? For the for the goat? Traditional Easter goat! Okay. Meat meat has to rest in a tree. <laughs> So the bears the don't old, get to it? It's the old country tradition, Nick. Yeah. I mean, I got to admit, I love goat much more than I, I like lamb. So I, mean, I don't blame you. Goat's oh. not dead. Oh. That's a go. Go. Yeah, go finish it. God. Usually you try to do that thing in one stroke. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's rough. Yikes. All right. Uh, well, um, yeah. she has handed me a um, an email, which she printed out. Okay. On very dirty paper. Sure. From Scott Z. Oh, Scott Z. Subject, tall, exclamation mark. Well, I think he's gotten to the right place. Message, hello, gents. Kind of late to the party here, concerning your podcast. Just discovered it a couple of weeks ago. So glad I have found it. Not sure I would say I am a super hardcore fan of the band, but I do very much enjoy the music of Tull's Certain Eras. Mm. I hope to become more receptive to the studio work I have really hmm, hope to become more receptive of the studio work I have really has not resonated with me over the years by following the podcast. There is a sentence somewhere in there, I I trust. (laughs) I have over the past few months been playing some of the material that has not been my cup of tea, and I think I'm coming round to it slowly. Your ears and perception change with age, I believe. Yes. Yes, I believe I, so. I agree. Yeah. As does your tongue. Mm. And your taste. Just his tongue, though. And your knees. <laughs> just just my knees. Yeah. Pretty much my wheelhouse of tall listening are the first three, which I totally dig. I love the blues, jazz-based rock sound they have on This Was. I know it's not going to be what they are known for, but man, what music it is to my ears. The transition they start to make with stand-up and benefit from prior mentioned influences to what would come is interesting. Hmm. Bringing Martin in was a game-changer along with Ian's vision starting to lean more prog and folk, but still retaining some of the roots makes for a nice blend of music. Those first three are really where it's at for me. After those, it's kind of spotty and here and there. Some stuff I really dig and others... Just a personal preference. Kind of 50-50 at best. Catfish Rising also ranks there in my tall rotation. 
What a great release, and very underrated in my opinion. I love the acoustic feel mixed with rock. Also one of my favorite albums. Yeah, very, very solid album. I am a huge Martin Barr fan and really have enjoyed his solo output since being out of the band. Long overdue and hopefully more of it to come. I like his alternative spins on the tall material. His guitar playing is masterful, whether playing beautiful acoustic melodies or going full-blown electric, face-melting. Great tone! Looking forward to the next two albums. Thanks again for what you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Scott Z. Yes, indeed. And, you know, whichever era of tell you like, that's valid. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there they, we've we've made it pretty abundantly clear that that there are are eras that we we wax and wane on. And it's it's totally legitimate and no need to apologize, no need to make excuses. And and frankly, I'm just thrilled that for being so mild a tall fan, you're actually listening to us. It's great. Yeah, I would say that by virtue of listening to our podcast, you might be more extreme than you realize, sir. (laughs) It does take a a certain degree of dedication. Indeed. But glad to have you with us no matter what. Absolutely, yeah. Nick, anything else? I have got one myself from our second favorite Scotsman, no less. Alan Begg writes in with his jump start. Alan. He writes in with an email because he says 280 characters on Twitter just aren't going to be enough. Indeed. Alan is is our um, our our tweeting Scotsman. Our our probably most vocal t- t- tweeter. Tweetsman. Right? Our most active tweeter. Yeah. So it must have been 1985 when I was still at secondary school that I bought my first toll. In the UK, at that time, there was a mail-order vinyl distributor called Britannia Music Club. Their USP was that they had an introductory joining offer, which just seemed too good to be true. I think it was something like 10 vinyl LPs for £10 or something similar. I'm guessing the average price for a vinyl album at that time would be 5 to £8. I can't remember the exact Britannia Music Club offer, but I do remember it worked out at £1 per vinyl album. I'd be pushed to remember the other nine LPs, but one of them I certainly do remember, of course, was Under Wraps from The Mighty Tull. Mm. At that time, I had been into hard rock and heavy metal for about three years, but prior to that, I had been a huge fan of Gary Newman, the electronica pioneer. I'm not sure how well-known Gary Newman is in the U.S., but I'm sure you know his biggest hit, Cars. I love that movie. The reason I mention this is that I think that's a strong reason why I wasn't put off at all by electronic tall. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Little little seed nugget there. I liked the synth keyboards and the electronic percussion. At that time, I didn't know anything about the history of the band. Around about that time, I did see a Swedish TV broadcast from 1969, and I fell in love with Glenn Cornick's bass playing. Mm. From that point on, Tull probably became my all-time favorite band. Over the years, I've liked other bands more, such as Yes and Genesis, but I always seem to come back to Tull. 
I've seen Tull a few times over the years, but I did lose a bit of enthusiasm for their live shows after the disillusion of the last classic lineup, and truthfully, Ian's diminishing vocal dexterity. Something we've discussed mm -hmm. at length. One great benefit for me of the Tull disillusion was that we've been very fortunate to see Martin Barr for a handful of gigs at a very small club in Scotland called Backstage at Green Hotel in Kinross, coincidentally quite near Dunfermline. If pushed to make a choice, I'd say that Stand Up is my favorite Tull LP. Wow. Your podcast has definitely rekindled my passion for the Tull archive and Tull lore. I've been playing along each week. Keep talking Tull to me. All the best, Alan B. Alan, so great to hear from you Amazing. in email format. And as they say in Scotland, May the wind near kin up your kilt. That you may have just offended some people. <laughs> I apologize. To everyone, if that's the case. You know, it's it's so amazing getting in the Tull time machine because, you know, Nick, Allen bought his first Tull record the year that you and I were born. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's also a little weird to me that Under Wraps was the album that had just come out when you and I were born. It doesn't seem right. Well, there's lots not right with the world, Nick. Well, there's a lot... A lot about that album that's not right, but but yes. <laughs> but, you know, however you find your way into the Tull Hole, I think, is equally valid. And yes. we are glad to have you along for this ride, Alan. Yeah. So wonderful to hear from you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you so much, everyone else, for writing in. We greatly appreciate it. And we will do our best to get everybody's emails in. We may end up doing a another... Talk tell with me. Further down the line, we'll see, but we'll try and squeeze them in here and there. Further down the dumb firma line. There it is. But that being said, that's it for this evening. For today's episode, I think we can jump into the episode, the actual music for the today. Song? The song. Thank you, Jesus. It's been a long time. <laughs> It's been a long time since you've had any gin, I think. I think also that, yeah. And so, Nick, what is the song that we have the pleasure of listening to this evening? This is one of the personal favorites. Would you say one of the top ten for you, Omen? I, it's hard to say. It's definitely, it's definitely one of my top twenty. Yeah, a top ten is like an almost impossible ask. But it's it's a little easier with a top twenty. So one of your top twenties, Omen. It is the first. Bonus track off of Too Old to Rock and Roll, Too Young to Die. It is A Small Cigar. Let's light it up. Here we go. A small cigar can change the world. I know I've done it frequently at parties where I've won all the guests' attention. Nick, there we have A Small Cigar. Dearest me, Omen. There it is. A small cigar. Um, now, I have uh, strong feelings about this song. Is is there anything? Is there anything that you feel about this song? What does this What does this do for you? Oh man, I I, I didn't want this to happen in front of everyone, but <laughs> I, I told you to go before we started the podcast. Since we're recording, this is on the bottom of my tall songs. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Meaning that it is the bass which supports the rest of your tall songs. That's it. You got me. <laughs> there it is. The old switcheroo there. So this so this song is not one of your favorites. It's the content of the lyrics that I really don't like. 
Really? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the music. Musically, it's lovely. Ian's singing is is really delightful. But I've I've always been a staunch anti-smoker. Oh, yeah, sure. And so so the content just immediately puts me off. You're a, a famous Puritan. I, it's true. It's true. This gin will prove it to you. <laughs> you are getting the gin drunk. <laughs> That's right. Re- reverse osmosis of gin. No, I mean, and, and because of that, and because because the the music itself is so simple mm. there there's not enough to carry it through to rank higher you know i i i, I can't I yeah. completely ignore the lyrics and then really focus on this this gorgeous instrumentation it's it's all kind of a a simple package and and it just doesn't excel for me well perhaps through our conversation we can open up some new dimensions of this song for you that because I think that this song is is not really about smoking cigars. Okay, I think that, that is just just the metaphor. Now, however, to your point, and perhaps what you know, maybe with some of the difference in our enjoyment of it, is that I also am firmly against tobacco usage, except for the occasional cigar. <laughs> and you know, I was I was thinking while I was listening to this song, I was like. When did I first start enjoying the occasional cigar? And I was like, well, it's sort of been sort of been a long time, you know, that I that I've sort of had a, an occasional interest in them. And I was like, it it's surely it's didn't <laughs> coincide with me hearing this song for the first time. But I think it may have, yeah. I think it may have done, actually. I think I may have been around 1718 when I first tried a cigar. And that was probably the same time that I listened to this song. So it's possible. That I was like, wow, Ian makes it sound so cool. Maybe I'll try it. So by virtue of identifying with with this older gentleman who who sticks to his kind of classy ways of the cigar as opposed to rolling his own or or whatever, you you identified with it. And that's one of the reasons that you like this song so much. I think that as a youth, I identified with the cool cigar smoking character that he was projecting. However, okay. now I think the reason I like it is because I identify with what is underneath that. Mm. And we will get into that in a little bit. But Just first, a moment, yeah. let's talk about the music because it has some interesting properties this song. Yeah. So this song is bonus track off of Too Old to Rock and Roll, but it does not need to fall into the context of the Too Old to Rock and Roll. No, I think it firmly sits outside of it. Yeah. I think it just is was recorded at the same time. That's where I was going because it was recorded roughly around the same time. That's most likely why it was included on here. And that's why we do hear some of those musical similarities like it with a with a little tweaking here and there. This could very easily be a little musical interlude in the musical itself and it would not feel out of place at all. Musically, I agree. Yeah. Yes. What is distinct about this for me is that Whereas mostly when we hear Ian playing the guitar, what we're hearing is the complex mm-hmm. noodle infusion style that, you know, kind of is similar in some ways to Nick Drake or yeah. Roy Harper or Roy Harper. Mm-hmm. Yes. This his, his ramen is, style. Is that what you would call it? His ramen style. Yeah. yeah the ramen style guitar. Uh-huh. This is straight chords. He doesn't noodle at all. There's nary a noodle. Simple strumming, nary a noodle. Yeah. Simple low-carb strumming. Yeah. Yeah, it's strumming. it's a nice change, but I, I think 
to go back to kind of my point, that's one of the reasons why it's it's even less impressive to me is because I've heard so much of what just Ian and an acoustic can do. Yeah. That that this is like ah, I it, it could be more. I've heard it being more before, so I want it to be more. And I think it's for me the simplicity which which makes it stand out. Yeah. Because because there's no noodling, it's the forms of the chords themselves which can, you know, in those transition points really become a pointed question just with one mm-hmm. chord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course toward the end of the song John Evan comes in with the piano. Oh, smashes the piano. So good. At first, doing uh, more simple chords and then tilting toward this very expressive kind of pseudo-neoclassical expressionism, Mm -hmm. which are things that totally exist, I'm sure. They they are. They fit. At which point the guitar completely drops out and we just have the piano continuing, which I think is is really interesting. It's The simplicity of the song, again, makes it stand out in the tall... In the Tulliverse, and the, the the Tull oeuvre. A small cigar has changed this world, my friends. A small cigar has changed the world again. to tie onto that that John Evan thing is I think that's what makes makes John's taking over so poignant is because we we've got those simple chords of Ian's guitar the whole time John picks up with those simple simple chords and then and then he just goes he just sweeps with these yes. grand movements and it's it's almost like he's he's just been given free reign to waft in the breeze and Ian Ian needs to finish singing so he 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 goes in after it but but there's there's a a lack of control at that point. There's he kind of loosens up everything. Yes, yeah. it's, it's that that part is beautiful. That part saves it for me. If I had to listen to this song, and and find something really solid that I like, I had to listen to this song one, one more, more time. time. <laughs> and I think that you know, with the kind of storytelling aspect and the simplicity of the guitar in the first three quarters of it, mm-hmm. it and then John Evan opening it up like you've described so eloquently, Nick, in the la- and the, the end third, the second quarter, nope, the th- fourth uh- half, <laughs> it, it achieves for me kind of a cinematic effect of, of, you know, like the first bit is all these really tight shots and then and then when John Evan comes in, the camera just pulls way, 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 oh, yeah. way back like one of those shots from from the 1990s, like in Forrest Gump, where they just pull yep. way, way back and you see the house and everything in context and everything yeah. becomes sort of spiritual and beautiful. The, the whole street in the town and everything, like it pulled, it zo- it's such a zoom out. Some, and then the um, little feather drifting. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Back to the Future, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, wow. I haven't thought about that film in years. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> All of that being said, the acoustic is expertly performed. Beautiful, very lovely acoustic. It is. It's also at the same time. It's not super polished. I would say there's. I it it does feel a little off the cuff almost. Like mm-hmm. like this was vite fait, as they say in France, quickly done. You know, quickly created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just you know whacked out in the studio in in one or two takes. Do you have any info on this in terms of of the actual like technical musicality? Any idea in in terms of keys or time signatures, anything like that? 
It's in some kind of a very slow 4-4 or okay. even a 2-2. Two, two. It's 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 a common time. It's nothing super fancy with with a couple of perhaps cadenza chords sitting out there in the middle just as a as little placeholders. In terms of the chords themselves, I wish I I wish I could better articulate, but I you know, it's they are there are a lot of fun suspended and minor mm. chords playing back okay. and forth. I I Again, if we had a musician on this podcast, we could probably... I bet you Joe will chime in when he hears this. But it just... I, I, I asked because it, it has almost... Even though... If we're not looking at the lyrics, just listening to it musically, it has a bit of a lamenting feel to me. I agree. There's some some sort of... There's a kind of a deep-lying sorrow running beneath this song. Yeah. Excuse me, mine host, that I may visit a nearby tobacconist. That also saves it. The guitar aspect is that it's not your standard simple chords. You know? No, it's it's very it's very purposefully composed. I reckon Ian would not be able to play simple chords. That wa- that those were his simple chords. Like <laughs> this, this, this as is this is as simple as it gets. Yeah. Ever since Mellotron and I merged, <laughs> I can't get any simpler. Just <laughs> crying, crying piano keys Metal out of his tears, eyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, so with all that being said, musically, shall we dive into the lyrics, if you can stomach it? Yes. Yes, we can. I, wa- I, I, want, you, I want you to change my mind, Omen. Okay. In, in... I want you to have another sip of your fruit gin. You, you want me to change my mind, too. <laughs> in preparation for this. Fruit, fruit gin, sponsored by Jethro Tull. Okay. Let me, let me pull up the lyrics. Sure. I was about to ask you, do we know Ian's drink of choice? But we know he's a teetotaler, so it's probably just tea, right? Well, it's not a, he's not a teetotaler. Yeah, he's he just en- not a partier, I guess. He enjoy, I think he enjoys a pint of light ale. Mm. Like half a pint, a half pint. Half At of most. a half of a pint. Yeah. A dram. We're, we're getting back into fractions, and that's that's never pretty for you. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> so I want to point out in this song that Ian... Or let's say the character of Ian. Our, our narrator, yeah. Never smokes a cigar explicitly. Never smokes mm, anything. Okay. Okay. Boom. First. So. I like it. Thesis. A small cigar can change the world. A small cigar can change the world. Proof. I've done it frequently at parties. I've done it frequently at parties. How? Where I've won all the guests' attention with my generosity and suave, gentlemanly bearing. Where I've won all the guests' attention with my generosity and suave, gentlemanly bearing. Okay. We've stated our thesis that a small cigar can change the world. Mm -hmm. And then we have the setting. Here is a party where the narrator will win all the guests' attention with generosity and suave, gentlemanly bearing. Okay. So already, we're not talking about a cigar as a an object of interest in itself. It is a it is a means to an end. Okay. The end of which is to get the attention of the guests and be perceived as suave and gentlemanly. Are you with me so far, Nick? I am. It's... There was a brief moment in college 
probably inspired by this song, now that I think about it, where I carried around a Zippo. Yeah. I didn't smoke. No. It's probably, this song is probably a lot of my be prepared mentality from when I was a Boy Scout and always wanting to to to, to be ready for things. That's why I wear a Leatherman all the time and, and always eat my Wheaties. But I, I just in case, because people smoke all the time in, in college. Well, and, and you, there is something very kind of old fashioned, like Humphrey Bogart to, yeah. to be in the position where somebody says, Hey sailor, have you got a light? And you have, and you say, well, yes, I happen to have my zipper right here. Yeah. There, <laughs> there, <laughs> oh my God. There was, there was an appeal to when I was still trying to find, find myself, you know, there was an appeal to that, like maybe a little bit of that old, old school, like, yeah, here, here it is. Dollface, yeah. you know. You, you found yourself under a flat river rock. I don't, I don't know why I was there, but once <laughs> and you said, "I'm going to leave you right there." Once I dried <laughs> myself out and left, left it in the sun for a couple of days, it was, it was great. The smell went away. It's okay. Put you in a gumbo. <laughs> so, so I'm a crawfish, is what you're saying? Yeah, I am oh, saying. Okay, perfect. Crawfish. As long as we're Delicious clear, crawfish. <laughs> so this, so. The reason I connect to this song now is because what he's describing is this is my strategy for interacting with people at parties. Because uh, as we know about Ian yeah. and as we know about me, and the reason I relate to Ian in some of these in some of these materials is, you know, I I have I have the awkward, socially speaking. You have you have a case of the awkward, yeah. I have a whole case of it. <laughs> it's just cheaper to buy in bulk. Yeah, you know, and so especially as a youth, I would try to find ways of overcoming that. And, sure, and it's always easier to interact with someone by way of an object of mutual interest. Mm-hmm. And so his technique is a little flat tin case is all you need. Breast pocket conversation opener. A little flat tin case is all you need. Breast pocket conversation opener. So you walk up to someone. And your opener is, oh, hello there. Would you care for a cigar? Oh my gosh, someone's giving out cigars. How fabulous! Oh, who is who is this fancy guy? Who who's is just this fancy guy with long hair? Cigars, handing cigars out to to anyone and everyone. He gave one to that toddler, and, <laughs> and one of those ciggy lighters that look rather good. You can throw away when empty. And one of those ciggy lighters that look rather good. You can throw away when empty. So it's like, you know, we have a combination of of his desire to be socially interactive and his Scottish monetary prudence. Mm-hmm. You know, because the Siggy lighter isn't a big commitment. You can just toss it. It all can be declared a great success. My small cigars all vanish within minutes. Must be declared a great success. My small cigars all vanish within minutes. For me, this is what's so interesting about this scene is that, you know, he's made he's made a big splash by this technique that he's developed, this fail-safe technique. It never, it's foolproof. You go to a party where you don't really want to be because you're awkward at interacting, just take mm-hmm. your small cigar case and you're the hit of the party. So a nice little note about the Siggy lighter you can throw away. The disposable lighter... So this song was recorded in 75. The disposable lighter, the very first like primitive versions of it was 61. 
Oh, interesting. So they were still pretty gosh darn new and novel yeah. at that point, I would say. And at this point, they probably were, you know, had come on a bit. So they were now rather, you know, maybe a bit more affordable. And but as you say, still novelty, because I, I think I imagine the standard probably was a Zippo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were just starting to become a little more mainstream, as we'll see. When you go down to the tobacconist and replenish your supply of small cigars, probably the fairly cheap ones, you pick up a ciggy lighter while you're there. Right. Yeah. So you jump into the the little proto-chorus, as we as we have sometimes called it. So yeah. musically, it's worth noting that My Small Cigars All Vanish Within Minutes is followed with one of those very suspended, questioning, pensive chords. Minutes. Yeah, it it gets it gets a little darker there. Just sound wise, it gets a little yes. darker. Yeah, and then he follows with "Excuse me, mine host," which I've always loved. Mine host, mm. that I may visit a nearby tobacconist. Excuse me, mine host, that I may visit a nearby tobacconist. He's almost setting himself up as an an anachronism. You know, it further illustrates oh, yeah. how he doesn't fit in at this party. Yep. Yep. I'm so awkward that I have to use old-fashioned language, which is something that I've done oh, sure. countless times at parties back when parties were a thing, and I used to go to them. But it's it's also funny that he is embracing the disposable lighter, so something fairly new mm. to anyone, and yet he's still yeah. frequents a tobacconist and use archaic language. You know, it, yeah, he's figured out a formula that works. Right, yeah. And it, whether or not it makes sense, it works. Right. The fact that he can throw away the lighter or not has no effect on his giving away a cigar. Right, exactly. So why not go for convenience in that aspect? Right. So now we see the problem with this technique, which is that if you rely on an object, a consumable object to pass out at parties to smooth the social waters, they run out. Yeah. It's like bringing a single bag of Doritos. It's, it's like bringing a single Dorito to a party. <laughs> All right. I brought enough for everyone. <laughs> Are you, you walk in the door, care for a Dorito? Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, I have to, I have to go back have to, to go. the gas station. <laughs> I've already licked it. <laughs> so he goes off to replenish his supply in order yep. to make the party swing again. To replenish my supply of small cigars and make the party. Swing again. And then we have this interesting, you know, I, I picture it on the walk to the tobacconist or the walk back, perhaps. He has this sense of introspection. I know my clothes seem shabby and don't fit this Hampstead soiree. I know my clothes seem shabby and don't fit this Hampstead soiree. So Hampstead has often featured in the Tull songs as being a a symbol of fanciness and unattainable social status in a way. Yeah. Compared to a boy who who grew up in Blackpool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Hampstead is like, you know, it's like the upper, it's like the upper west side. Yeah. You know when you don't belong there. You feel it. Yes, right. Yeah, you certainly get a vibe. We're unread copies of Rolling Stone. I see what you did there, Ian. <laughs> little little dig. I see it. Well-thumbed playboys decorate the hi-fi stereo record shelf. We're unread copies of Rolling Stone. Well-thumbed playboys decorate the hi-fi stereo record shelves. So they can obviously afford the nice stuff. They have money, but they have but their taste is still to look at Playboy. Still trash, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, they they buy. Maybe that's that is saying that having Rolling Stone there is is that saying to say, oh well, well I I get Rolling Stone, so you can you yes. can brag about that. I think it absolutely that's it. It's fashionable, but it's not valuable. And also because Rolling Stone is trash, they hate Jethro Tull, therefore they are unread. Unreadable. Unreadable, yeah. Yeah, okay. I wanted to jump in and just say that it's it's this fascinating kind of very typical, very unique Ian perspective where he's like at this party where he clearly wants to make a good impression. Right. And as soon as he leaves, he trashes it. Right. He starts hating on it for some reason. I think it's because, you know, he feels op- there's some sense of obligation of being here. You have to be at the party. And I imagine that there were lots of scenarios. Sure. In the real Ian's life where as a rock star, it was expected that you go to these parties to show your face. Right. Yeah. I, I just I just want to be in bed with with my chamomile and, and my newspaper. But I got to go to this this darn party at nine o'clock. So I may as well make it enjoyable and do the thing that I know makes me a success socially which is to hand out the cigars right more evidence that he thinks that they are they they don't deserve his time that they are failures in in one form or another uh, if you ask me they're on their way to upper middle class oblivion the stupid twits they roll their only one cigarette between them if you ask me they're on the way to upper middle class oblivion the stupid twits, they roll their only one cigarette between them. Okay, so there are two things that I want to break down there. Yeah. One is the upper middle class oblivion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that Ian sees himself as both working class. Yes. And rich. Yes. And therefore he bookends this sort of middle section that is that he can look down or up on, depending on where which foot he's on. Yeah, he can look down on them, but he can also look up at them with derision as well. Yeah, because they're they're putting on airs. Yeah. And then we get to the stupid twits, they roll their only one cigarette between them. Yeah, so so someone rolls a single cigarette and they just they just pass it around. Everyone takes a hit and it just keeps going around the circle. Oh Nick, I think you're so you're so innocent and pure. I love it. I believe that this is what is referred to as a jazz cigarette. You, you listen to jazz music? The de- the you... devil's cabbage? I don't like cabbage. I, it's 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 um it's it's the reefer, Nick. Isn't it a truck? That's like a refrigerator truck, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's the ooh, what what else have I got? It's um <laughs> It's the funny. It's the funny stuff. It's it's marijuana. I believe. I believe. I believe he's witnessing someone roll a marijuana cigarette, a spliff, if you will. Snoop Dogg's medicinal supplement. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. That, that hit close to home for you there. <laughs> yes, close. Cl- careful what you say about Uncle Snoop. You know, know. he's part I'm of so, part of the family. I'm so sorry. But yeah, so he's obviously seeing. You know, everyone step out. He left for 10 minutes and they were like, all right, now that the square has gone, you want to break out the green? You want to light one up, as we say, we the kids say. You want to burn one down? So, yeah. So, so, and and let's be mechanically clear here. Smoking, you smoke a cigar for a very different reason than you smoke pot. Yeah, that's right. So my small cigar is redundant now. 
in the haze of smoking pleasure. My small cigar is redundant now in the haze of smoking pleasure. There's no interest in his cigars because they're all high on their... Wacky tobacco. Oh, thank you. There's yeah. a good one, yeah. I can't so, believe I don't have more euphemisms for marijuana. I'm a little upset. I'm, I'm a little upset. Okay, so that, yes, that, that seems abundantly clear now. And there's a, a multifold reaction here. First of all, because they're smoking the weed, they, they are not interested in his cigars, as and, you pointed out. And therefore not interested in him. In him. Secondly, because Ian is famously a teetotaler and has probably never, never even done a weed, there's probably a sense of revulsion there. Yeah, yeah. That he feels that he has to get, call it a day, get the hell away. Right. Teetotaler aside, he, he's done this to himself because he's made his only person the dude with the cigars. So if we don't need a cigar, what are you doing here? Yeah. It reminds me of a guy in college who was, who was awkward. No one liked him, but he always had lots of beer in the fridge. And that's how he achieved social interaction because he would, we would always go over to his hang out with him to drink his beer. But as yeah. soon as the beer was gone, we would leave because he was awful. Right. It reminds me of a guy in college who was awful and repugnant, and uh, and then he graduated and started a, a podcast about Jethro Tull. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's that guy I am. <laughs> and then he says, so he's so upset that he has to go down to the cafe for a cup of real tea. Go down the cafe for a cup of real tea. Now I have a linguistic question for you, Nick. Yes, give it to me. Is this a play on words? A cup of real tea? A cup of reality? Reality? Yeah, it's it's an elision of of reality, or or it's a it's a delision of reality. Yeah, probably. I think it's a division. It's a division of reality. Oh, delicious! It's, it's a delicious envision. Gonna put on some Pink Floyd, eat these mushrooms I found, and uh, divide some reality. <laughs> but I wonder, you know, whenever I've been at a party too long and I and I come home and have a cup of tea, it is it is a sense of grounding and oh sure, yeah, resetting and like oh yeah, the, this is what's real. Yeah, it's I don't want to say tradition. It's it's muscle memory. It's it's you you getting back into habit. It's you you pulling back into yourself. There's something very introspective about drinking drinking Reflex. a hot. Real reflexive about drinking a hot beverage by yourself. You can just kind of bask in in the steam that it puts mm. off. And yeah, of course, I definitely think that's a, a good call in that it's a cup of reality and and it's real like he tea. has to bathe himself in the in the clean tea waters to to get rid of the nastiness of the party. Yeah, he ran away crying because he saw someone smoking a doob, <laughs> and and went for his comfort, went for his blanket. Yeah, yeah. which you know. Fair. That's that's called self care, Nick, and right. I and we support it here on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. But now he has a problem. Yes. He's left the party for which he bought a ten pack of cigars. Uh huh. And now he has left the party, and he still has these cigars, which remind him of his shame. <laughs> this is all I am. I'm a <laughs> so cigar man. By the tube station, there's a drunk old fool, more derision, who sells papers in the rush hour. I hand to him ten small cigars. He smiles, says, son, God bless you. By the tube station, there's a drunk old fool who sells papers in the rush hour. 
I hand to him ten small cigars. He smiles, says, "Son, God bless you." Cue the piano. Oh, bring it in, John. Bring it in. A small cigar has changed his world, my friend. A small cigar has changed the world again. A small cigar has changed his world, my friends. A small cigar has changed the world again. So this is what, to me, makes this song really special. Is that after this kind of like strange, you know, the the sober guy at the party perspective where he's just sort of had a bad time. Uh. He gives away his cigars and there's this really beautiful moment where this act of true generosity and, and charity really does make someone smile, really means something to someone. It's not just a, a party trick. Right. His His giving away the cigars at a party changes nothing. Right. Nobody's life, nobody's world is changed when the the strange shabby guy walks up and offers him a cigar and they say, hey, thanks. And then when they walk, he walks away, they're like, who the hell's that they guy? For, they forget him, yeah. Yeah. But this where did, where did is, this cigar come from? <laughs> Why is it moist? <laughs> but this is a an, a real act of generosity that that genuinely changes that the the drunk old fool's life for a, yeah. for a moment. Yeah. I'm sure I've told you this story, but I told you about the homeless guy in London who wanted me to buy him. Yes. I was like, I was like, do you want me to buy you a meal? And he's like, yeah, no, I want you to buy me cigars because they're behind the counter and I can't reach them. I'm going to synthesize that with something my stepmother said when she worked with the Veteran Affairs Office. Okay. And worked a lot with uh, people with, with mental health issues. And, you know, it was at the time when smoking was becoming banned here and she was like oh you know i can't stand it when people smoke and they need to go outside and you know they have to respect the 15 foot rule and it doesn't matter because it just gets sucked into the building and it's so disgusting and then she's paused and she said except for the schizophrenics they need their tobacco i you know they need to have a place to smoke they need it yeah and i was like oh my gosh she's the most she was the most anti-tobacco person that you could possibly imagine she was like oh these people no no they need to smoke yeah yeah i mean maybe Maybe it is more of a medicinal thing for some people, aside from from strictly like I'm addicted to this chemical. But right. Yeah. But at any rate, this is this is, you know, he ends with this moment where where it go. It goes from, you know, this the same thing that can be a, a an attempt at social trickery in a way becomes this almost sacred benefice to this oh. to this man and that's when the piano takes off and really as you so lovely lovely lovingly as you so greatly with good word talk described it takes us into like a new realm and we it, we ascend into this much more beautiful and and wholesome sphere i i i love that you have i love you too nick Oh, I was going to say I love Jethro Tull. That's awkward. Oh, 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 oh. God. I love how you've stru- structured this because it, it, it really it really puts it into perspective for me here. And I, I do love the ideas that you've got. But I want to I want to jump back to something that you said, like, just under your breath. 
there's a drunk old fool more derision, you said. Mm. So I, I, regardless of, of any world changing here, there is, at least from what we see for this character in this, in this story that he is, is telling to us, there's always, like, no one is as good as him for, for one reason or another, or no one can compare to him, I guess. And that, that sweeping at the end, that small cigar has changed his world. That's him like patting his back and saying, oh, look at what I've done. None of this is altruistic. This is just like, I want to, I want to think that I've changed the world. It soured it even more, but therefore it has become more appealing to me. It could be. And I think that is an absolutely valid uh, read on this. I also want to point out the alternative which is that he sees someone... <laughs> which is and, that you're wrong. <laughs> the alternative, which is, you idiot. <laughs> no, that, 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 yes, he sees this person and thinks, oh, yes, they're just this lowly drunkard creature. I can pawn off these cigars on him. But then he, the gentleman, smiles mm, and says, yeah. son, God bless you. And that that's the moment when he realizes, oh, wait a minute, this thing that I you know, have so mixed feelings about and has made me feel bad, it actually has changed his world. Yeah, okay. And that is the the, the beauty and the, the power of kindness. Even if it wasn't really intended, it still was real for that person. And right. that is how a small cigar changed the world. It's sort of an amazing story the way that he sets it up because he, he makes you think, you know, it, it starts out as one of those like awful modern blogs which is like a gentleman's guide to getting laid and being a dick. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then what it ends up with is you know, an act of kindness can change someone's life even if you don't really mean it as an act of kindness in your heart, it can it can open the act of it can open your heart and change your world. Yeah, it can it can still be construed as an act of kindness even if you're just literally just throwing it away and yeah, I mean that that is that is the the problem of of all human interaction, even more so now with it with the digital exchanges. It's, you can only guess what the hell someone is trying to convey. But in a way, what they're trying to do maybe doesn't matter as much as what they have affected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nick, have you ever smoked a cigar? I've never I've never smoked anything. Oh, all right. Not even a turkey. No, I haven't smoked a turkey either. I think you smoked a ham once. No, I don't have a smoker. I have nothing with which to smoke. Huh. You yeah. just use your grill. Yes, I did. I did use I did use the grill when we had it, yeah. No, I've I've never it's it's I have asthma and allergies, so mm. and also like yuck. My mom smoked growing up, oh, so sure, I, yeah, I remember it that. was huge. Cigarettes. A self-assured turnoff of just like no, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. So yeah. No, I think that I really, I really find cigarettes to be unappealing. But I discovered a couple of years ago that my wife and I both enjoy cigars, and huh. so we occasionally that's a that's like you know by occasionally I mean like once every month or so. Yeah. We'll enjoy a couple of cigars together, and I. No, it's something that I enjoy, and I think you know, like like with everything, it's to be approached with moderation. Yeah, my dad used to smoke cigarettes like long before I was born, and then he smoked pipes 
just after I got out of college. And I got to tell you, I love pipe smoke. I love the smell of pipe smoke. The smell of it from afar. Yeah, yeah that's how I feel yeah. about about cigars as well. And, and then cigar is like, it's like a close second. Like, I, it's not so offensive. My dad smokes cigars now very occasionally, but it's, I, I, I don't hate the smell. It's not as offensive it's like um cigars are like bagpipes in that regard they're they're best enjoyed from a distance it's, I, I don't hate the smell of bagpipes either i don't wow <laughs> don't, don't get too close strong words i know i know nick uh do you want to look up how many times this song has been played if any in concert that's yes i do i very much do that's we it's been a while i feel like since we've looked into that probably since too old to rock and roll so let's see Nothing on a stogie. Don't inhale into your lungs. Cough, cough, cough. Mm-mm. A small cigar. Mm. Zero times. Yeah, that can't be right. Let me see here. Hang on. No, I believe it. I believe I, I would be not surprised if it hasn't been played. Yeah, before. you know, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Ah, here we, here we might. Have hear me, hear me, hear me. There we go. A new day, a passion play, a song for Jeffrey. So nothing under a small cigar. Let's just zip to the S's just to be safe. Yep, yep. Is there an official like? Is this a small cigar or it's just usually written small as cigar? a small cigar? It, but it okay. could easily have been listed as small cigar. Yeah. I'm not seeing small cigar either, so that's so it seems like it has not maybe been played in concert. Yeah, I mean, if they didn't want to play, oh, what was that really gorgeous acoustic? That's just Summer Day Sands. No, 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 no. The the really beautiful acoustic that that Martin and Ian played, where it was like wonky tune. Salamander. Salamander. Yeah, if they didn't want to play Salamander, I can't imagine Ian would want to just sit and play a small cigar. Although I think it would be truly lovely way to to break up the two acts in terms of if they're having a break between yeah but that would mean that he wouldn't get a break well no i mean that's that's how they would end it and then they would they would take their break and then yeah yeah but no no nothing nothing there for you no small cigars well i think nick it is it is time to tap this episode into the coffee can filled halfway with water a- appealing yeah Thank you. <laughs> A small cigar. What do we have to to light up into our ear mouths next week? We have a song that is a bit meta for all of of too old to rock and roll. It is strip cartoon. Strip cartoon. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we will look forward to talking tall to you about strip cartoon next week. When you come to our parties, you don't have to give us a small cigar. You could give us five stars. You know what's great about giving out stars? What's that? They never run out. That's right. You never run out. You never have to go to the nearby star distributor. No need for Siggy lighters. No. And yeah. and they're good for their health and they're good for they're good for your health and they're good for our health. Yeah. A small five star can <laughs> change the world, my friend. <laughs>
<laughs> a small five star. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that was good. Should have just led with that one. Until next week, I am the firm and dark Cubano. No, that's that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I am the firm, dark, stubby Robusto that is Omen Sade. I am the smoking cessation patch that is Nick McGill. <laughs> we are your weekly party that is Feckless Momes. And this is the vice that you keep coming back for. Talk tell to me. Welcome to Ahmed's Cigar Shop. What can I do for you, sir? Hi there. I'm I'm kind of new to, to smoking. I've never really had a cigar, but I've I'm kind of I've been inspired lately. You know, I think I want to I want to try out a cigar. Can you offer something? Come into my humidoro. Well, this Here we is have all the finest cigars in the world. Really big. Is there? Mm, I'm looking probably. So are the cigars. Uh, I'm probably looking for something like light and small to start right, with. Yes, yes. How about this petite corona? Yes, you want this? Is a uh, is a gauge of 40 to 44. Uh, you can take the Monte Cristo number four if you like. Or we have the, the Churchill over here, standard dimensions, eight, seven inches, 47 ring gauge, like a Romeo and Julieta. You want something like that? Uh, I mean, I think something smaller. Do you have anything? Small, small, small. small. Uh, okay, we got a Lonsdale here. This is popular with the anemic people like yourself. It's a okay. little, little longer, but it's less thick, yes? Like okay. Monte Cristo number one. Huh? Right, and I, I, I don't have to smoke the whole thing at once, right? Like I can take a couple you of... Do- you can. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to light and then put out and light again because it will taste like. Uh, uh, what is the phrase in English? The shit of the cat. Oh, oh, re- so yeah. can I break it in half then? Is that a? I, I mean, you can. If you break it in half, I will. Uh, I will break your fingers. But yes, you can do it. You oh. know, here's here's another one I have okay. over here for you. What this is, is a, you this is a uh, this is a a Connecticut. Yes, it's very light, very light. C- very Connecticut. Light. Like, put in your mouth. Put in like, your mouth. You oh, see, you, oh. you, you taste it. You taste it. What you What do you think? Eh? No, that, I mean that's that's an interesting flavor. Is, is okay. Do they all taste like this? Okay, I can tell you. Don't. You know what? You know what? I got the best thing for you. I got well, the best uh, thing for you. Okay. Ahmed, go to the back. Get the special box. No, you just you can you can just move the oud. It's fine. I don't. I'm not playing it right now. Yes, yes. Ahmed has brought the special box. This one I've been saving for someone like you with the lighter skin and the sensitive lungs, yes. That, yeah, 100% describes me, yes. Put this in your mouth. What do you think about that? It's nice, yes? Wow. Wow, yes. the, the mouth feel, the way... Wow. I do I do like that. What is that this? That cigar is very special. It's called Talk Tull to Me. Is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. <laughs> <laughs>